They are off and running in New Hampshire. Dixville Knox weighed in. All six votes uh, cast at midnight went for Nikki Haley. And now it's time for the rest of the state to weigh in. Um, this is a state that is dominated, uh, as many are, by independents, guys. People mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. said, you know what, I, f- I find the Democrats too lax on the border. I find Republicans too restrictive on abortion rights. I, I don't feel like I've got a home in any of these parties anymore. And uh, those independent voters will be key for Nikki Haley. Can she address their needs sufficiently enough that they will come out and support her in what is supposed to be a Republican primary? Uh, Let's check in with John Selleck, founder and CEO of Harbor Strategic Public Affairs, uh, to uh, wade through all of this. John, good morning. Good morning, Guy. It's like you said, the uh, the traditional uh, just after midnight vote at Dixville Notch uh, resulted in a six to zero win by Nikki Haley. But I have a feeling that's the the last win she's going to get today. Doesn't that sound like a, a town out of a Frank Frank Capra movie or something? You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. Bedford Falls, and it's a wonderful <laughs> right. life. Right, open to a book. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds so idyllic. Uh, if you're Nikki Haley and looking at this, do you have to get a win, or if you can have, let's say, close the gap to within 10 points of Donald Trump, maybe get somewhere in the neighborhood of 40, 45 percent. Can that justify continuing to move forward? I think it can for her. Um, The interesting thing is that the the ups and downs of expectations and politics uh, are rapid. Uh, The downfalls are rapid, but sometimes the rises are too. And everybody thought she should come in second in Iowa, and it turned out that DeSantis' organizational strength that he spent tens of millions of dollars on actually pulled him still into that second-place finish. Uh, But then the problem, like we talked about before, is that if DeSantis and the others kept dropping out in New Hampshire, uh, most of their second-place, second-choice choices were going to be Trump. And so as we've seen those other candidates drop out, we've seen Nikki Haley's numbers go up. She certainly got a big bump from Chris Christie getting out. But, of course, most of DeSantis' votes went to Trump. Most of Ramaswamy's votes went to Trump, and these poll numbers spread. So I think you're correct. Right now, you know, we're, they're looking at a lot of these uh, poll numbers are somewhere in the 58 to 36 range. If somehow she got into the mid-40s, I do think that would give her a flicker of hope to keep going. But it all comes down to the almighty dollar and whether she can stay alive until South Carolina and then is willing to take the risk of an embarrassment in her home state. Yeah, I was going to ask that. How long does she stick around? Does she stick around for South Carolina? And, you know, if if she does, um, you know, does she stick around long enough to wait for the, the former president to maybe have some some more political trouble, criminal trouble in, in these in these courtrooms and things? You know, do you wait around to see if this guy, you know, goes to jail or 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 if that affects him being indicted affects him even more. What do you do? How long do you stick around? Well, I think, Lloyd, you hit the nail on the head in the sense of why is this election different than past? Others would have would drop out after tonight if they lost by 20 points. They just wouldn't have the money uh, or sometimes the ego to keep going. Um, but she does know it's her home state. She's won statewide election uh, twice there. She's elected to the legislature before that. Um, and the possibility of criminal indictments do show up in a lot of these pollings that 10 to 12 percent of Republicans might go, OK, hold on, this is different. But we don't know how long all that will take and we don't know how long our donors are willing to wait it out. But the argument she can make to them is I'm now one on one for the first time. And so keep me alive. Keep me floating here to see what happens down the road. It's just it may be how much uh, rhetorical abuse she wants to take, because if you look at some of the 
the embarrassment she's had to suffer in New Hampshire, the Trump campaign is being very strategic, and they said, we need to end this now. We need to end it in New Hampshire. So they brought a cavalcade of South Carolina politicians who have been friends or were appointed to their positions like U.S. Senator Tim Scott, people from South Carolina like the Attorney General Henry McMaster, uh, Congresswoman uh, Nancy Mace. These people have all been around Nancy, are all around Nikki Haley in South Carolina for years. Well, Nancy Mace was primaried by Donald Trump. She was targeted. He was trying to kill her political career. Nikki Haley came to her defense and campaigned with her, and now he's re- she's re- she's repaying the favor by endorsing Trump. Yeah, absolutely, that's right. And so for the the Trump campaign to have the power right now to bring these people into New Hampshire, not even wait until South Carolina, is especially painful for the the Haley campaign for sure. It'll make them have second thoughts about keeping on to South Carolina, and that's the brilliance in using the power that Trump gained after Iowa and combine it with the power he already had to try to end it right now. And that's what we're seeing the Trump campaign try to do in New Hampshire. John, I understand logistics and money and all that, but there's something inherently wrong with this being over after one primary and one caucus. (laughs) Well, uh, the majority of Americans think that's the case overall, because when you ask them if they want to have another Trump-Biden rematch after they already got Nobody wants it. Right. Nobody wants it. They already had to suffer through a million uh, Clinton and Bushes and all that stuff, too, before that. So they don't want it. Um, But it just speaks, Jamie, to the significance, to the power and the influence of Donald Trump in today's Republican Party that this can happen this fast. Yeah, he he is uh, taking an interesting tack with the independent voters that make up the bulk. Forty percent of the voters in, in New Hampshire are independents, and uh, he calls them an unholy alliance. Here in New Hampshire... Nikki Haley has made an unholy alliance with rhinos, never Trumpers, Americans for no prosperity. Did you ever hear of Americans for no prosperity? You know, it's interesting. I mean, show me the upside to vilifying and mischaracterizing who those independents are. John, if I'm not mistaken, there are people that have just said, hey, we think both parties are too extreme. Yeah, and there are people he's going to need in the general election. And that's why we're seeing right now. Governor Whitmer on a tour going around the state leading up to her state of the state address uh, on the reproductive rights issue. She's trying to recreate the coalition that took her to 54 percent in Michigan, a coalition that probably helped Biden get over the top in Michigan by a much narrower margin. She's trying to nudge him into taking up those kind of issues. The funny thing is, guys, she had a headline on the news on Sunday from CBS uh, Face the Nation which was kind of negative, was saying, Biden, hey, what are you doing? Get out here and talk about reproductive rights. And by yesterday, he was out talking about reproductive rights. Um, They're trying to grab those independent voters that Trump is lacking. But, you know, inside a GOP primary, it's this this litmus test to see how pure are you. And that's what Trump's appealing to, at least in the primary. And we should point out that Democrats can't vote in the Republican primary unless they've somehow changed their affiliation, which is there's a lot of hoops to jump through with that. We'll await the results. Should be an interesting evening, John. Thank you. 